Please spread the word about my shows. I'm an independent creator and I would really appreciate it. I make K-pop guides, as well as I have exclusive interviews with songwriters, journalists, the artists themselves, best new music roundup episodes, artist-specific deep dive episodes, episodes about the history of K-pop, all sorts of content is covered. So to get your fill and support an independent creator, please check out 17 Karat K-pop wherever you get your podcasts, and view an episode guide at howtostand.substack.com. Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-pop. I am so stoked, really still buzzing over KCON this year. It was my first time going. It was a really big deal for me personally. As I've talked about on the show many times before, I have some very severe sensory issues. I'm autistic. I have social anxiety, lots of other anxiety issues. It was very, very panic-inducing. Going on a flight, every aspect of travel really, being in a hotel, the change in routine, crowds, the noise, overstimulation... Basically, vacations are a nightmare to me, and so are social interactions, but I did it. I really put myself out there, went on this dream trip, and while I was at KCON, passed out well over 100 business cards. Really, really proud of myself for putting myself out there, starting up those conversations. I always say maybe someday I'll feel like I have the courage to do this kind of thing, and I actually did it. It was so incredible, head still spinning from it, because it was so many nerve-wracking moments and just incredible, exciting ones. So I'm going to break down my experience personally, and then for my more objective review of the concert, the convention, the panels, stay tuned for the series of Substack posts about that, which will also be up on the show's website. But make sure you're subscribed at howtostand.substack.com to not miss the upcoming installments in the series. Throughout, I'll kind of interrupt my own story just to share with you a a hack I figured out for future KCONs to keep in mind. Friday, I don't have much to say about. I flew in, travel was a nightmare, I was a wreck, had to really talk myself down from panic attacks repeatedly. Things were not off to a great start. But bright and early, Saturday morning, things started really turning around. And my excitement was kind of in a sword fight with my nerves, and they were very equal competitors. This was a very fair matchup. One was constantly beating the other, and then it would go vice versa. It was balanced. But Saturday, it seemed like the upper hand started to, just a little bit but noticeably, consistently give the excitement the upper hand. Then by Sunday, once I had felt like I knew the lay of the land, knew what to expect, then it was mostly excitement winning out. Then of course Monday when I traveled back home, it was back to nerves, winning the sword fight. So it's been an incredible 96-ish hours of highs and lows I went through for this bucket list trip. Saturday, got my press credentials and got to go in before everyone else. So I got to see the layout of the place, take some pictures and stuff before it got crowded. Very cool and kind of a saving grace mentally. It was also wild because I was on the second floor balcony, check-in, bag check-in stuff on the first floor. But I went through the press entrance, so I had a whole different procedure upstairs. And so I watched everyone, all the general attendees, show up, and it was truly like putting Black Friday sales to shame. Like, this was an absolute force to watch this sea of people sprint towards the convention doors up the stairs. Everyone just raced up the stairs, and of course, they're pretty much ignoring the security's calls of, hey, walk, don't run. At 10 on the dot, it was a madhouse down there, and to watch it from above was really weird, but really interesting. My I-got-a-sociology-major nerd really enjoyed the people watching from the beginning. I went inside and walked around a bit, 
Started right off the bat, passing out some business cards, telling myself, come on, Hope, you flew for this. You hate flying and you did that for this. You better make it worth it. You better make sure you don't chicken out and you better spread the word while you're here about your work. While I was doing that, though, I was taking in so many sites. I saw some really cool cosplay. The pictures are on my site now already. There was this group of girls dressed in AT's Hala Hala cosplay. One guy had a cool Stray Kids Thunderous cosplay. I saw some Red Velvet music video looks. One guy was dressed in a full-on, head-included, Jack Skellington costume. Does anyone know what that's about? I feel like I missed something. Anyway, people really made a statement with their outfits. It was very unapologetic, come-as-you-are quirky. So I'm passing out business cards, taking in the sights and sounds, and I discovered the merch booths. Holy cow, I've never seen that many K-pop albums in my life. Plus, they had stuff like BT21, Tiny Tan merch. They had a whole booth for Stadium, BM from Cards Brand. Whole booths for selling beauty products that people like Enhyphen and I've have been the face of. Any type of merch, tangentially or directly affiliated with a K-pop star, there was probably a stand set up for that. Here is a really important tip. There is a spot in the back where they're selling photo cards. Not the albums, just the photo cards, the official ones. So if you're missing your bias or just really want a specific card and you don't feel like trying to play the lottery game of buying the whole album to hope you get your bias, you can just get the card. They were a little over $3 a pop. Very curious what you guys think about that, if that's fair or not. By the way, if we're going to discuss fairness or not, let me know what you think about $5 posters, and usually $25 to $30 albums. This was one of the saddest moments for me personally. They actually had their Shining Diamond, a 17 album that's pretty much just out of stock forever now. Limited edition at this point, a collectible. I don't have one. I was freaking out. And then I saw the $70 price tag. Trust me, I was tempted, but I didn't get it. But man, that was cool. They had some other more hard-to-find older albums too, classic BTS and stuff. Truly, any merch you can think of, they had. But back to my life hack. Make sure when you're buying merch, you get in line for the photo cards first. Do not worry the album you've been eyeing, or the poster, or the t-shirt. Do not worry that that merch you've been eyeing will be gone by the time you get there. They had restocks galore, stacks galore of that stuff. They couldn't sell out if they tried. There were even bonus backup boxes of albums in these giant cardboard boxes I spotted under some tables. So do not worry about not getting that in time. What you should worry about getting in time are those photo cards. And the whole time I was there, no matter how early or late in the day, I went back to that line to look again. That photo card line by far the longest, no matter what time. So make sure you prioritize that line because it is so popular. And once the card is gone, it's gone. I checked to see if they had restocks the next day, and I don't think they did. Didn't look like it. I got a really cute photo card of TXT's Yeonjun, my bias. That was great. And then I got Joshua, my 17 bias, with a teddy bear. And so I'm a sucker for that. So, so cute. I also got some cool free and hyphen photo cards. These freebies this girl gave me after I gave her my business card as like a thank you present. Really, really sweet. Shout out to her. So already it's not even noon and I'm like buzzing. I'm so excited and thrilled. This is surreal. Can't believe I'm here getting cool merch that I don't normally treat myself to. I'm talking to people and they're being very nice and receptive to me. It was really cool. Then I went to a panel with Rainer and Johnny Tran. 
It was a rise through TikTok panel. The focus was the artist who had gotten famous on TikTok. And it was a weird full circle moment because Rainer was my first interview on this show. And at the time he was saying, I recently ventured into TikTok, gotta see what it does for me. And now he's on a panel all about TikTok and I have official press coverage access for KCON. Look at us now. He also did the Polaroid Love Dance live for us, his famous viral dance. I'm sorry to say I thought I recorded that, but I guess I accidentally had just taken a picture or something because I don't have it saved in my phone. They had some really interesting takes on burnout when it comes to releasing so much content all the time, dealing with negative reactions, learning to trust their gut. They gave some great insights and advice, and the audience had some really good questions. My full in-depth recap of everything they talked about will be a post on my Substack. But they really did a good job mixing some really serious questions with just light and fun stuff. And we learned the story behind Rainer's Polaroid Love Dance. The actual quote I saved in my notes is, quote, This is going to be TMI maybe, but I was sitting on the toilet. Yeah, he was on the toilet when he realized he knew what he wanted to do for the choreography. I actually hadn't honestly followed Johnny Tran. I just kind of knew of him and not much about him before this panel, but he's really likable. I met him afterwards. Really cool guy. Started following him right away. Make sure you do too. Another life hack for future KCONs that I learned the hard way. Focus on what artists you really can't miss. Camp out extra early for them because whatever time you think you should be there to wait for them, be there earlier. I tried to go to N-Hyphen's selfie music video filming event, and man was it packed. That honestly was a thumbs down for me, if we're talking about the yays and nays of the convention overall. As much as I love my experience, because I just felt like I was really close to N-Hyphen, even though I couldn't see them, I knew they were there. But it's the, the organization was not good during that event. The security kept pushing back the barriers, and waited to the last minute too to do that. They're telling us to back up, back up, so they can move the barriers. This event was going to be 1 to 1.30. Didn't start till 1.15 because of that. At some point, we had passed the carpet, so there's nowhere else to back up to unless you're going into a full other section of the convention. Plus, the screens were placed really low. So if you got a bad view, because there's no elevation or anything, there's no tiered seating, it's just a floor of people, so if you're not in the first few rows, you can't see anything. Usually then the screens are up really high and big for you to watch. They were too low for that. Too much was at eye level for this event, so structurally not well thought out if you ask me. And honestly, it was also frustrating that the people there who kept telling us to back up didn't have microphones or anything. I could barely hear them. There may have actually been an MC during the selfie filming event narrating some stuff, but I couldn't tell because they just talked, either in a mic that was way too low or without a mic. So that event just did not go as planned. Still worth it though, because I just felt quite close to N-Hyphen. I felt like Spongebob when he was in the Krusty Krab commercial and all you saw was like a corner of his body or his face in the shot, but he still felt like he became an overnight superstar because of his cameo. So I saw later the unhyphen picture of them taking the full selfie of the crowd. I actually made that a cover image for my Substack post because I have that feeling like Spongebob did where it's like, there I am. Even if you can't spot me, I'm there somewhere. That was an exciting moment. I'm a star now. Shout out to Liam McEwen. I really wanted to go to his AMA event, but the N-Hyphen event ran way too late. I'm sure it was great. Would love to meet you someday and have you on the show. 
I did catch Kepler's talk, their pop-up talk, and saw their Wada Da Really dance version. They were really cute and likable. I saw so many people wearing Kepler merch. Kepler was really way more popular at this convention than I thought they were. Real, real super rookies. Here's another hack, I think. I honestly would just go and not worry about getting a prestige ticket. Of course, for artist engagement purposes, that's a whole other story. But in terms of just your general convention itinerary, honestly, some of the prestige perks aren't really that much of anything because the prestige zone, the sectioned off special viewing zone you had for pop-up talks like that, that was the same distance away from the stage as where I was when I just walked up mid-event to watch the rest. So your benefit is, if you are someone like me who needs to get away from the crowding a bit, there's that. But in terms of getting special seating, it doesn't match everyone's definition of special you could pretty much see the pop-up talk event, regardless of prestige status of your ticket. That stage had really good high-up screens, so you could see everything. Another tip. Just as you feel like you're done for the day. I've seen everything. I've done everything. I'm worn out. I'll just come back tomorrow. Stay 10 extra minutes, or something like that. Just as you feel like you're about to leave, don't. Because I was ready to call it a day after I saw Kepler and Itzy at a different stage. I was like, all right, I got my merch. I've seen some artists up close. It's been a full day. But then, all of a sudden, I see TO1 and got a pretty sweet spot. Follow me on TikTok for those videos of TO1 doing relay dances. They actually were doing 17's Hot when I showed up, which was felt very meaningful. So you never know when the stars will make a cameo. So stick around, because at the last second, you might end up being like, oh my gosh, this other event is happening, this random cameo is happening, and you get a really cool close-up experience. After that really full day, where I'm feeling like I can't believe I did this, it was such a scary but exciting day. Every moment, I did like 100 things I'm scared of, and 100 things I've always wanted to do, all on the same day. My system did not know how to deal with this shock. It was really something, that sensation. Then came the concert at the Crypto Arena, which I will talk about later. Some people have said, honestly, this seems to be a common response. People say, you know, after a full day there, 10 to 6, I saw everything I wanted to. I walked the whole convention hall by then. I got the merch I wanted, saw all the events I wanted. Well, maybe not that part, but you can kind of get through the whole convention in one day, people say. I honestly disagree. I found a lot of benefits to going both Saturday and Sunday. There are some boosts that I probably did see the day before, but didn't remember, had just kind of overlooked, didn't have time to stop at, because it's so much to process, because you're constantly being pulled in different directions, like I was with TO1, when you see what else is going on. And pretty soon, one of the boosts you were meaning to go to, you forgot you were going to. So it really helps, I think, to go a second day. Although I will say by the end of the second day, I did feel that contentment. Like, yep, I've seen pretty much every corner of this thing. I'm satisfied. So it didn't need to be a two-weekend event or anything, but it did need to be more than one day. I was looking at merch again. Great way to start the day. Really, I would advise focusing on getting merch other than posters. Posters are a cheaper option than some, but there are a lot of cons with buying posters at a convention. You gotta carry them around all day. They don't really fit in your backpack. And taking them home on a plane, really nerve-wracking. Easy for them to rip or get crushed. Hard to know how to handle them. I didn't take my own advice or anything, and I bought a TXT and an NCT 127 poster, but I'm just advising, do as I say, not as I do. Another thing I want to mention about your merch options is that there is quite a range of price points. 
So if the albums are too much, don't worry, there are a lot of cheaper options. And if you have no income you want to dispose of, there are tons of freebies, tons of booths you can go to with free samples, everything from coffee flavors to free lipsticks. You can leave with a swag bag without paying a cent. There are also some cute tickets in the crane machines if you have just a couple of dollars to spare. So I was getting more merch, I was handing out my card, less than the day before because I was getting very tapped emotionally, but I did try to keep challenging myself to hand them out and speak to people. I went to the ATs booth. Always make sure you try to find artist-specific booths because you might get some really cool benefits because that's where I found out I could register right there for their pre-sale for the tour. So keep that in mind. I also got a cool Polaroid picture at that booth, left a fan message for them. I left messages on other fan letter-filled boards and stuff. I wrote NCT World Domination, wrote some Stan Mark Lee comments, probably said something about Seventeen, I don't remember. Good stuff. Later that morning, I went to this cup sleeve event where you could decorate your own cup sleeve while the panelists talked about advice for hosting your own event, things to know about the events, that kind of thing. I will admit this honestly did not meet my expectations. Some of those DIY workshops, they look and sound really exciting, but they don't give you as much free arts and crafts time as you think. Like, they gave us plain cup sleeves and a couple writing utensils. It's not like they had a a whole spread of artsy material we could use to decorate. So I didn't get exactly the, the crafty freebie treatment I was hoping for, or even like the drawing tutorials I would have wanted. The workshops are less about actual tutorials, at least from my perspective, and more about just hanging out with people and decorating the free time. And the time away from the chaotic convention hall, where you could kind of just decompress and doodle. So it was still fun, I'm glad I went, but it was not what I thought it was. Shout out to Rainer, he went to that too. And they had some really interesting insights on cup sleeve fandom culture, the way these events have really taken off because they've been a good, relatively socially distanced, safe event to do during the pandemic, how fan culture is affected by these events, how to know about cup sleeves in your area. I have another write-up coming about that event where I'll say more. Then at 12, I left early because I had to camp out early learning my lesson from the day before. I had to see Luna. I had to. Stan Luna, favorite girl group, never saw them in concert. So I camped out. And other people did too, actually. This was questionable to me. To each his own, I know. But but this was a very questionable choice to me. But whatever. You do you. So I was actually in, like, the fourth or fifth row. An hour early, there were already rows of people waiting for Luna. The people in front of me were like, isn't Enmix coming? And I said, they're actually at that stage. And so they left, because they were waiting, actually, to see Enmix. So they skipped seeing Luna up close to see Enmix probably farther back by that point. Choosing Enmix over Luna is quite a choice, but again, to each his own, I guess. So I shrugged and was like, okay, and I took a big step forward, and I got so close to Luna. Pictures and stuff will be on my sub stack. Really exciting. The pop-up talks are definitely one of the better parts of the convention. They really did pack, like, a whole fan meet's worth of games and Q&As and stuff into a very short amount of time. The variety you get to see and the time you get to kind of interact with the group have kind of a, just a cool banter. It was a very special, intimate feel, despite the huge stage and turnout. They answered some fun questions, played a game, the game where you write down your guess on the whiteboard and then flip them around and see who's right. They talked about their hashtag choices. Fans submitted choices for an ultimate Luna hashtag, and so they picked their favorite of those. 
I'll post video and stuff on my site. It was so fun. And they had this individual runway walk to the front of the stage, posing and stuff. And then at the end, they all came up. And so really close at the edge of the stage, you could see all of them really up close. And they encouraged you to take pictures, video, etc. So you felt like you were like paparazzi here, like you had special access to them. They approached you instead of vice versa. An interesting psychology behind the event. And I gotta say, Heejin's short haircut, even cuter in person. They all look cuter in person. Didn't think that was possible, but they're just gems. The only downsides of waiting for Luna for so long were, one, I missed the NCT Dream Fan Club meetup. So if anyone has a lowdown on that, feel free to let me know what happened so I have a little less FOMO. Second was that they just played the same exact ads and music videos on a loop. And at first it was kind of, okay, I was like, you know what, these ad songs are kind of a bop. I don't mind that they're for ads, tourist visit Korea kind of ads. There was one that I hadn't heard before from Jun Somi, Wanstein, Zion T, and I was really jamming. But by like the 12th time I heard it that hour, I was like, okay, okay, that's, that's enough. There was another bop too that got old really fast though. That was a Visit Korea ad song from I believe Yeji Kim or someone who sounds like her, and that was pretty good. So anyway, it was an interesting playlist. Then I went to Jeff Benjamin's panel, Inside Scoop with Jeff Benjamin, and I will include my recap of that on my Substack. He had some really interesting stories about how he got started in the industry, as well as just sharing stories of interviewing specific artists. He talked about, and I'll include this in the write-up, stories about interviewing Eric Nam, AT's 17, which is who I asked about, of course, BTS. It was interesting, actually, he mentioned the time they almost got stuck in an elevator together. He told a story about Stray Kids and how he, he actually heard the elephant including version of Miro before it came out. He's heard some Three Racha demos and stuff. He also, I don't know if this was me reading too much into his wording, but it sounds like he wasn't just hoping, but hinting that KCON New York is coming back sooner rather than later, so we'll see. He also said he got some recent spoilers about an upcoming Kravity release, so stay tuned for that. Lots more of his thoughtful answers to questions I'm going to include on my Substack write-up of the panel. It was a really good discussion in a really good crowd. They had some really thoughtful things to say. Then, of course, afterwards, I had to meet him because he, too, was one of the first guests on this show. So that was a very cool moment. I get to finally thank him in person for rooting for this show since early days. And look at me now. His advice during the panel was also reassuring. Things like, don't worry too much about not having one big break story, but it's about the little progress, one interview after another, building blocks. Things that spoke to me because that's my experience, I really appreciated hearing. I felt afterwards like, okay, I'm following that advice. I feel like I'm doing all I can to make this happen for me career-wise, and I just got to keep putting that passion into it. So it was a very cool moment, and I actually was going to go to a panel four to five, but we ended up talking for quite a while, which I really appreciate not being rushed or anything. And so I was like, you know what? This is a nice, satisfying note to end on, and I might miss the first part of the panel anyway. Don't want to rush over there. So I felt very content. So it was kind of a cool, fateful finale of my experience that I left after a talk with and finally meeting an early interviewee from 17 Karat K-Pop. So I left feeling like, what the heck happened? I can't believe I did all this in one weekend. I'm proud of myself. I'm freaked out a little. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Feeling everything really intensely. What a weekend. So my overall tips for going. 
prioritize the photo card line when shopping for merch, but also know a lot of other options are there. Don't be self-conscious about what you wear. Just come as you are. Really fun, quirky stuff is accepted and encouraged. If you are really nervous like me and overstimulated with your sensory situation early, you can still have fun at KCON because I found the panel discussions to be a nice little recharge place, a quieter reprieve from the chaotic convention hall that helped me get through the day. So there are still fun things to do if you're more on the shy, nervous side. Also prepare for temptations, for spending money everywhere. Camp out early, 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 once you've prioritized an event or two that you have to camp out early for. Don't worry about getting a prestige ticket to get a good spot to events. It's about camping out early, more than certain access. Stick around a little bit longer than you plan to because you never know what happens. I found it helpful to write down and bring with me an itinerary in advance. So I prioritized and knew what events at which times I wanted to go to most. And so even though it changed a lot, as events changed times and went over or ended early, I still had a gist of what part of the convention I wanted to be at when. And that really helped me feel like it didn't miss any of the most important to me events I wanted to go to. I saw what I wanted to most make sure I did not miss. I also say bring a water bottle. Yes, it is allowed. You just can't bring like a full case of water. You can bring individual items, but not like a full cooler's worth of something. I recommend trying to get a seat to the concert, not a spot on the general admission floor, because you miss a huge chunk of the convention when you do that. I saw people from my hotel room, actually, the line wound around the building really early in the morning, and people were there all morning waiting to get a GA ticket for the floor. I don't know if that's worth it, because especially with the stage design, how maybe you could end up in the unlucky position where they're performing with their backs turned to you most of the time. So it's not worth it, I think. Find a seat instead. Lastly, I would advise you to prepare for a break between the convention and concert, especially if you're like me, coming in from a different time zone for KCON, because as hyped as concerts leave me, this one really tested that, because by the time the show ended, it was like 2 a.m. my time. So maybe prepare to take a nap or just chill out a bit. What I did is I left the convention at like 5, changed clothes and stuff, and kind of recharged mentally before going back out there for the concert. I really think wiggle room between events really helps you stay energized, because it's a very long show. It's like nearly 4 hours. So my 10 favorite things about KCON this year. 1 was finally meeting Jeff and his panel. 2 was Rainer and Johnny's panel and meeting them. 3, the pop-up talks. Four, a bunch of up-close celebrity cameos, interactions. Five, the amount of merch available. Six, the concert. Seven, the outfits and the cosplay. Eight, the sheer quantity of things to do and see. Nine, I'm going to see the dream stages because it was very cool to watch dancers audition early in the day to be one of the featured performers on stage with their favorite artist at the concert that night. To watch other people have their dream come true, really cool to see. And lastly, I'm going to say the community. Just the fans in general. Again, so nice and supportive, more than willing to take my business card and compliment my work, say they're going to check it out. It was very, very fulfilling and reassuring because I'm full of doubt and insecurities. It was great to be in a like-minded community. And overall, I do think it's just mentally can be a very exciting, beneficial, confidence-boosting experience, even for the most nervous, crowd-adverse people like me. 
to feel this public permission to embrace your fandom identity, whatever might make you feel weird or socially awkward, and realize you're in a common community with that interest. So would I go again? Absolutely. I think every year you could see and meet new people. Fans and artists alike are really cool to meet and connect with at these events. There's so many cool opportunities. And some of the downsides, like I said, are price tags and not getting a good view at some events, some disorganized moments. Some of that just can't be helped, and the pros way outweigh the cons. So I would definitely go again. There's such a variety to do there. You're sure to find something that interests you and keeps you energized and reminds you why you love K-pop and K-culture in the first place. Really, really feel-good special atmosphere that I was so happy to be a part of. As for the concert, really cool, but again, really long. The time zone issue will take a toll on you, so just prepare for that. I was so grateful Stray Kids was last because I was so excited to see them. I couldn't get a ticket to see them when they came to Chicago on tour, and so it was so exciting to feel like, whatever, I don't need to go to that show. I saw them at KCON. My first time seeing them in person, just as exciting and incredible as I thought. Full review on Substack. And they were a great finale because I was kind of exhausted by then. Emotionally, socially, physically after that day. And they came on stage and I fell wide awake again. Such an adrenaline boost. Incredible performances. They kept the crowd really enthused even when it was so late. And the show had been so long. I liked the format they chose where the lineup had AT's first, Stray Kids last. Bookending the show with these most powerful, exciting, crowd-hyping performers. So it made sure the whole show felt very continuously high energy and full of enormous applause. The highlights of the show then, I think, were AT's and Stray Kids. They were incredible. I also was really charmed by Lightsome. I really, honestly, wasn't a huge, huge fan, but I feel like more of a fan now. They were really good. They were really likable. They had really impressive, synchronized moves and hair flips and stuff. They had quite a stage presence. And then they showed they had this duality because they turned into these punk icons for their cover of Tomboy by G-Idol. That was another highlight of the show, the covers. Kepler de la Vie and Rose, very special moment for Eugene in particular. Love that for her. And hyphen covered Permission to Dance by BTS. Good stuff. And then, of course, the dream stage was really cute to see. Kepler was really cute, smiling at and hugging the fans who got to have their special moment on stage with them. So the show highlights the dream stage, the covers, AT Straight Kids, Lightsome. I also want to say one special moment was the pre-show, actually, because the Berkeley dance crew, they were really impressive. Just intense lawn routine that left me thinking, oh my gosh, can't believe they put so much time and effort and detail into this. And they had quite a lawn variety of songs they chose to dance to, including giving a special moment to Zoo from Taeyeon and Company, <laughs> Taeyeon and Friends, which I personally loved. The finale is always cute. To see the artists interacting on stage, the confetti falling, that was special. And then the other big highlight for me was seeing BB Rexa with Itzy for Break My Heart Myself, their collab. She seems so genuinely excited and proud to be with them. She's really quite a champion for them. I was reminded of how likable she was reacting to Subin's praise of her, Subin from TXT. That was really cute. So her way of approaching and mentoring in a way, younger artists, I think, is just very touching. So I love seeing her on stage with them and ending with saying love you, Itzy. 
And trust me, no shade. I really do love BB Rexa. Love her music, especially older stuff like I'm Gonna Show You Crazy. Staples in my life soundtrack. So no shade here. But was she the only special guest? Like, I'm really, I was confused, honestly, because KCON had been teasing at the show there would be a special surprise performance. And so rumors were flying about Seventeen, at least that was my version of the rumor, Psy, J-Hope, someone really big in K-pop, was going to be this big, big historic surprise cameo during the show. That didn't happen. And so was she the special guest they had been teasing? It was her and no one else? Again, no shade. But it sounded like they were hyping up and generating buzz for a big K-pop legend. And she was the only surprise guest, at least during night one. I didn't hear talk about a big surprise from night two. I don't know. That was just a little confusing to me. Also, if you went to Sunday's show, feel free to fill me in because I didn't. I'm curious, was the atmosphere different because it was already just such a tiring weekend? Like, is it a more subdued show to watch? because by then people are exhausted. I don't know how people went to both concert nights, or just the Sunday one. Plus, fill me in on how good Luna and NCT Dream certainly were, because would have loved to see them, but I frankly was okay not having a ticket tonight too, because I really was wiped out by then. Another thing I wish I would have seen, though, is I heard Enmix covered very nice from Seventeen. We love. Would love to hear about your experiences at KCON this year. What you loved, what you didn't, what you would change. Thoughts about what I've said so far. And again, stay tuned to Substack for more. Let me know. I will definitely feel like going on about this for a while longer because I'm still buzzing about it. Such a moment for me, personally, professionally, in every way. So you can do more nerve-wracking things than you realize you can. And it's worth it. That's my moral of the day. In Spotify, there's a special reply feature where you can answer questions of the day. Go ahead and fill that in with any of your thoughts about KCON. You can also just tell me on social media. Very curious what you think. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to my recap. Special thanks to CJENM and KCON USA for helping me cover this. It was really incredible. Would love to do it again. And I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.